Well, good morning. Awesome, awesome. If this is your first time here, uh, I am not Pastor Michael. Uh, please, uh, please come back next week so you can get to meet him. Uh, my name is Chad Harwell. I am a, uh, actually a missionary with a, with a ministry called Word of Life. And um, we actually minister in over 83 different countries. Uh, I, we also have guys uh, stateside. I am one of those guys uh, in my family. We serve uh, Central North Carolina. Uh, and we partner with local churches, and I also uh, am privileged to lead a team of guys that are from Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So there's six of us that are all connecting with local churches, trying to help local church to, to reach young people and to disciple young people. Uh, so that's kind of our main emphasis. Uh, I met Pastor Michael um, through uh, the association. Uh, I'm actually an elder at my church in, uh, in the Davie County area, and I feel really, am I really hot? Like, am I really loud? I feel like I'm screaming right now. Okay, I, it sounds good out there. Okay, good. Uh, perfect. Um, so I, may, I may, just, may just make my own self softer on this side. Um, as long as you can hear me, that's all that matters. But, uh, but, but please, um, please come back if this is your first time so you can meet Pastor Michael. If you are a member here, uh, you have an amazing pastor, uh, amazing pastor and family. Uh, you should be very, very thankful for, for them. Uh, hopefully you, you love on them, and I know you do, uh, because I've already talked to some of you guys and, and just how you already talk about him, and so, uh, so fantastic, fantastic family there. Uh, this morning, I actually am just privileged to, uh, to be able to fill in for him and be, to begin a, a new series uh, with y'all. Um, he will come back next week and to finish this off all the way up till Christmas, and so just to kind of give you a heads up, um, this is the kind of the Advent season that, that you were looking at, that we're studying um, and it's called The Promise. Uh, if you haven't caught on to that yet, um, on the screen it should say that. It says The Promise. And that is, that, is where, um, that is where you're going to be studying and kind of looking at over the next few weeks, uh, starting off today. Um, and really discovering how, um, uh, how God keeps His promises, um, which is just awesome, Right? Um, God keeps his promises uh, b- because, unfortunately, we live in a world that uh, people don't always keep their promises. And so when we lean into God um, and who he is, he's always faithful, he's always there, um, and we can, we can lean into his promises that he has for us. Um, and, and so that really, then we can lean into hope, peace, joy, and love. Uh, those are the four things that you're going to be looking at. And this morning we are, we're looking at hope. Um, but I want to start off by just by asking the question, what is a promise? Uh, what, what is a promise? According to the video that we just watched, it said that it was an assurance that certain things are to come to pass, right? A certain thing that is to come to pass. It's actually going to happen. That is a, a promise. Um, I, I have three kids, and uh, 15, 10, and 4, and all three of them love a TV show called Bluey. Um, if you have kids, you probably have heard of it. If you have grandkids, you may have heard of it. If you don't have kids, you're like, what in the world is this blue, this blue dog? What are you talking about? Um, here's, they actually have an episode called Promises. And I immediately thought of this, this video, and so I thought I'd share it with you this morning. Uh, this is kind of a funny way to look at promises. Go ahead, show that video. Really amazing, but that's not why we're here this morning. Uh, promises, right? Promise, bluey promises. This is, this is great because I, th- I think that, that if we're all honest with ourselves this morning, that at some time uh, we have made a promise that we broke, right? The promise that we did not come through with. And, and just, it doesn't have to, like, it doesn't require us to say, I promise, 
to make a promise, right? Like, like there's things that we say that, hey, we are going to do this. What we're doing is we're saying we're going to do that, right? Whatever that thing is, we are saying, hey, um, I am going to wake up when my alarm goes off in the morning, or I'm going to wake up the kids on time so we can get to church uh, on time Sunday morning, this Sunday morning, okay, next Sunday morning. We're going get to time, get to church on time, right? Like it's the, these things that we say um, this week, I'm sure nobody said this, um, I'm pretty sure I did, and I probably broke this, pro- but I said, I am not going to overeat on Thursday, right? Like, like there's things that we say, and, and with us saying those things, really we should kind of hold ourselves to those things, right? Uh, saying that, hey, this is what we're going to, this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to stop being so sarcastic. Um, that's a hard one, right? Uh, it's a hard one uh, to, to, to keep. Um, those of us that are married here, we all made a promise one day. Right? We stood before our spouse and we said something along the lines of for better or worse, for richer or poor, sickness and health, um, till death do us part. Right? Like that was a promise, a vow that we were making. Um, and there are times that we follow through with our promises. And there are times that um, <laughs> those things that we say that we're going to do never come to reality. They never, they never appear. Right? They never actually work themselves out. Um, and, and this is one of those, those things that we differ from God greatly with, right? Like, like, like there is this picture of God holy. He is so holy. He's perfect, right? He never does anything that is wrong. And then there's us over here, right? Um, this is one of those, those areas that we just differ vastly from God, right? When God makes a promise, he will always come through with his promise, Right? Uh, those of us over here, we are, we are finite. We, we have restrictions, right? Even though we have good intentions, it doesn't mean that we always go through with what we say that we are going to actually do, right? There's this, there's this vast difference between us. And so when we think about this promise, when we think about promising uh, kids, I don't want you to think about something that your mom and dad promised to, to, to do for you or to get you or to do, you know, whatever. Um, husbands and wives, uh, I don't want you to think about something that your spouse promised to do, right? They promised to pick up their socks and they didn't do it once again, right? I don't want you to think of those, those promises. What I want you to think of is I want you to think of God this morning, okay? Think of God and what he promises us today. And because we can know, we can be confident that God is always faithful, right? God is always, he's never unfaithful, He's always faithful, and he always comes through with what he says that he is going to do. So when we read the word of God, this is truth, right? This is his words to us. And when we read it, and we read about something that he says about us or about our world or about something that's going to happen, we can know for certain that that thing is going to come to pass. Whatever that is, right? Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't make sense into our world right now, where we're at, where we're at in our situation, and it says that like like God is there with us, right? The, the word of God tells us that God will never leave us nor forsake us, even though when we feel alone, what does that truth mean? God is with us. He has not left us. He has not turned his back on us. He is always there. Those promises that God makes in his word, we can know for certain that he is faithful and he will bring to reality what he has said in the word of God. Okay? You guys, you guys with me? Promises. 
Now, this first study that we are going to be looking at this morning is on the area of hope. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter number 1. Hopefully you have your Bibles this morning. Go ahead and grab, grab those and go to 1 Peter, chapter 1. Kiddos, if you go to, towards the end of your Bible, if you get to Revelation, just kind of flip backwards the other way just a little bit, and you'll find Peter very quickly. Um, the word hope, right? I'm guessing that when I said hope, um, immediately things just started to like, like pop up into your brain, right? Imme- like, like there's certain words, right? Like, like it, when I say the word uh, peace, there's certain things that pop into your mind. When I say the word love, there's certain things that pop into your mind. When I say joy, there's certain things that pop, same thing with hope. When I say hope, there are certain things that probably popped into your mind because we say this word, uh, let me say it this way. We hear our world, we hear people in our world say the word hope a lot in our world today, <laughs> right? Like, like they are hoping for things to happen, right? They're, they're hoping for, and, and I think we, we overuse this word sometimes that we actually lose the meaning really behind what hope really is. Um, when it becomes this like wishful thinking, right? Like I hope that this thing will happen. Uh, when it's this wishful thinking that that really is like on on a trivial level or on an earthly level, like like when we are saying I hope that that I I my food is hot, right? Like we've lost the real meaning of what hope is, right? It's way deeper than that. There's so much more meaning than just that. And and Peter. Um, actually says this in his first letter, and, and he talks about hope in several places, but we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. This is what Peter says. He says, therefore, um, and so what that, what that word should help us to do is actually to connect all that happens before that, right? And so what Peter is talking about, he's talking about a living hope. He's talking about a salvation that we can all have, that we can all experience, that, that, that we get from Jesus Christ, Okay. Um, that's kind of the beginning of this. Like we're to be rejoicing. Um, There's this faith that we can have that is in Jesus. It's it's revealed to us through Jesus. It's all these different like salvation and hopeful things that we actually can experience here on earth. And then Peter says in verse 13, he says, therefore, uh, according to all these different things I just talked about, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, therefore, um, keep your minds or, or prepare your minds for action, or or with your mind, be ready for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope. Right. This word hope here is is a, is a fun word to say. So so I'm, I'm going to get you to say it to your to your neighbor. Um, it's el piso. El Piso. So go ahead and look to your neighbor real quick and say El Piso. Okay, out loud with words. I was, some of you guys did not, did not help or, or did not uh, comprehend what I was asking you to do. Go ahead and look to your neighbor and say the word El Piso. You can say it to me since there's nobody there next to you. El Piso, right? Okay, good. Um, so El, El Piso. It's kind of a fun word to say, right? That this word hope that we translate into hope in the English language, it has this deeper meaning of, of to have a firm conviction about something. 
to be, to be confident about, to have this confident expectation that something is going to happen. It is not this wishful thinking of, oh, I hope that this is going to come to play for me. No, it is a confident expectation that whatever it is that is set before me is going to happen. And according to this verse, what Peter says is he says that we are to set or we're to fix our hope. Like It's actually like, like, like putting it into almost like cement. It's like, it's like cementing something into place. You're going to fix your hope, your hope, your expect, your confident expectation in the grace that Jesus has brought to us, that Jesus is going to bring to us. It's this hope completely on the grace to be brought to you by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so what he is saying is that this grace is something that comes from Jesus, and we are to hope in that. Like that is where we fix our hope. So, so what Peter's doing here is there's several things that we kind of lose in the English language where, where he's actually conveying this to be this decisive choice that we have to make on a regular basis, right? It, it, it's something that, that we as a believer are having to decide whether or not we are going to hope in the grace of God every single day or we're going to hope in something else. And, and the only way, really, the only way we can continue to do this is through the Holy Spirit enabling us to actually do this. Because I don't know about you, but I cannot do anything on my own. Nothing in my own power can I actually accomplish here on earth. Even if I will it to be, right? I cannot accomplish anything on my own here on earth. And you are in the same boat that I am in. The only way that we can actually continue to move forward and the only way that we can actually continue to, to live in the grace of God, right, is to allow the Holy Spirit to move us and to work through us, to give us the strength, to give us that next day ability to, to continue to follow after God, right, to hope that fixing our hope on Jesus and who he is. What Peter is doing here is he's actually, it's almost like he is commanding the troops. He's like rallying the troops and he says, set your hope completely, right? Like that's, that's what he set your hope completely or fix your hope completely. It's fully hoping. It's not just a little bit. It's not just a little like, like oh, I, I hope that Jesus does this for me. No, it's Everything that is within me, I am completely putting everything that I have in the hope that I have in Jesus. That future grace that he's going to bring me. That grace that he has given me now. Right? It's not just a past grace or a present grace. It's also a future. It's where we're going. Right? Something that we don't deserve. Sorry, something that I don't deserve. The hope that we have in Jesus, right? That grace that he gives to us. So we receive this command from Peter, right? Through the Holy Spirit, through the writings of Peter, he, he commands us to set our, our hope on the grace that Jesus has brought to us. See, every single day we have a decision whether or not that I'm going to put my hope in Jesus or I'm going to put my hope in something else in this world. See, too often what ends up happening is, is I set my hope on things that are here on the earth. Right? I, I say something along the lines of, of Lord, 
uh, man, if you could just help me get this new job. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm setting my hope on that thing. Whatever that, Lord, heal, heal my illness. Help me pass this test. If I could just get this new home that I'm wanting. If I could just get in this relationship because I know it's going to make everything better. If I could just get a raise, if I could just, if I could just, if I could just, right? When we, like, and are these things bad? Of course not. And there are times in our life that we will get what we hope for. Those things that we are, like, like casting our hope on, like, we, we will sometimes get those things. But the things of this earth, earth do not last. The things of this earth do not last. Oftentimes, those things that we are hoping in, those things that are earthly, that we're saying, hey, if I could just experience this, God, if you could just help this come through for me so I can have this, whatever this thing is, most oftentimes they actually leave us in disappointment. They leave us wanting something even more or more of that thing, right? Because it only fulfills us for a moment here on earth. But what Jesus is offering us is a hope that lasts forever, right? A hope that completes us. It's a hope that we can lean in on, and there's nothing else that we would ever want or desire but Him, right? Jesus is, is tell, or Peter is telling us here that we are to fix our hope on Him, on Jesus. Think about this with me for a moment. We, we live in a pretty broken world right now. Right, it's a dark world. It's a world that has, that has hate, that has loss, that has death, loneliness, brokenness. And we could continue to go down the road, right? All of that is because of sin. See, when sin entered into our world, it broke everything. If you've ever wanted, kids, if you've ever wanted to blame somebody for something that you did not get or something that you did not want, or like you could blame sin, right? Because sin is what broke everything. When sin came into this world some 6,000 years ago, it broke this world. Every terrible thing in our world is a result from that sin. It brought death into our world. It creates conflicts within our family. That's sin. It's not your in-laws. It's sin. Right? It broke everything. Peter tells us that if we fix our hope on the grace that Jesus is bringing to us into this world, we fix our hope on Jesus, we fix our hope on the future that He is going to usher in one day when He comes back, for us. We fix our hope on that promise that Jesus is truly going to come back for us one day. Those of us that have all placed our faith and trust in him, we're fixing our hope on Jesus. What that actually does is it actually allows us to then experience hope right now, even in the brokenness that we're living in. See, what happens is that hope in the future, that hope that we're looking to, that Jesus is who he says he is, Jesus is going to come back for me one day. It, it affects my present life right now. It, it, it's kind of like this. This is a silly illustration, but I live in Winston-Salem, and, uh, and, and twice a year, we have this thing called Bulk Trash Day. 
Um, absolutely amazing, right? I, I don't know who thought of this, but it's amazing. Um, because there's only so much you can put in your trash can. I know you guys are all like thinking, like, I just burn my trash, like, like whatever. Um, but there's like, we have trash cans that we put out on the curb in the city, and the city comes by and it picks up our trash for us, right? It's absolutely crazy. Uh, I used to live in the country, and I, I would rather just throw it all in a big burn pile and have a bonfire one day, right? I can't do that no more living in the city. So I have this trash can, and they come and they pick up. I can only put so much in this trash can, right? And there's, it's only so big. But every single year, twice a year, we have this bulk trash day. And my wife and I, like, we plan for this bulk trash day because we know that one day bulk trash day is coming and we know that anything that we cannot fit into our trash can or, or anything that is too big to fit into our trash can, like, we can throw it out on the, ro- like, out on the curb and, and then one day magically um, these, like, elves come by and they pick it all up for us. Uh, or sometimes, like, our neighbors, like, rummage through our trash. It's kind of weird, um, but it, it's, it's what happens, okay? We're, we're a little weird, Winston. Um, but, but like, we, we look forward to this day, right? We prepare for this day. We know this day is coming, and so we're like, oh, wait a second. Uh, I need to go clean out the shed real quick. I need to see what kind of junk I accumulated over the last six months because it's just amazing how it accumulates, right, moms and dads? Um, grandmas and grandpas, like, like, kids are like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, yeah, it accumulates. It, like, it, like, has babies, and I don't know how it works, but all of a sudden, you have, like, more stuff in your shed that you had six months ago, even though they took all your trash six months ago, right? But, like, we look forward to this day, and, and, and so we've put the stuff, it affects the way that I live my life, because I'm, like, thinking about it, right? What would happen if, if I really thought about right? Jesus coming back one day, how it should affect my, like, it should affect my day way more than thinking of, like, bulk trash day, <laughs> right? It should make me more excited, right, to think about Jesus coming back one day for me than how excited I get about bulk trash day, right? Jesus is coming back. He's promised he's coming back. He's told us that he's coming back, and because he has told us that he is coming back, it should affect the way that we live our life right now. It should give us the hope that we have in him, right? Hope not in something here on earth, but hope that we have in Jesus because we know that he is going to return. It's absolutely amazing when you think about the word of God because, um, because the Old Testament saints, the Old Testament the Jewish believers even, like, like, like they did not get to experience Jesus coming back or Jesus coming the first time, right? Like, like we, we have the luxury of having the whole story, right? Old Testament believers didn't. They just had what they were given. And, and, and yet they were told that one day that there was going to be a Messiah that was going to come, Right? Like, like the Word of God in the Old Testament, like there are prophecies that we, that we read about telling of the Messiah, this coming um, Savior that was going to come into the world. And, and the Old Testament, I'm going to read a couple of verses in Isaiah. So if you want to flip over to Isaiah real quick, um, you, you think about these promises that God made to the Jewish people in the Old Testament, and, and it was the coming Messiah. It was Jesus Christ coming into the world to bring hope into a dark world, right? For hundreds of years, Israel had been defeated, had been destroyed by many different nations. The Assyrian captivity, the, the Babylonian captivity, the Persians came in and took captive at one time, right? Like, and, and, and right in the middle of all of that, 
God spoke to, to holy men and, and they then told the story or told the message from God of what God wanted to tell them, the people, right? And, and Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, I'm going to read two verses. I'm going to read verse 2 and then I'm going to jump to verse 6 and read verse 6, okay? So Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says this. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has drowned on all those living in the land of darkness, right? So they're, they're saying, like, there's this, there's this person that's going to come, and he's going to be the light, right? He's going to be the light in, in the darkness, in the dark world. Look at verse 6. It says, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Right, see, right in the middle of this time where Isaiah was proclaiming this message to the people, Israel was living in captivity. Like they were, were in that, that brokenness, in that darkness. And, and hearing words like this would have brought encouragement. Right? Think about it. What brought encouragement to the people to say, I have something I can hope in. This is going to happen. God is going to send a wonderful counselor. God is going to send the light. God is going to send an eternal father, mighty God, prince of peace, right? Like, like he is going to send somebody that is going to save us. See, I, I imagine it very similar to us today where it can be so discouraging sometimes when we really begin to focus on the things that are going on around us. The people here, they had to have been discouraged and frustrated because it seemed like God was losing. But God was promising him, was promising the people that he was going to send a savior, right? And, and the Old Testament people did not get to actually experience it, but when we turn into the New Testament, we actually get to see this hope played out through the life of Jesus um, there's one passage that I want to read to you in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, because um, this is absolutely amazing that um, you think about the Jewish people and what they had to hold on to. They had to hold on to the promises that God was giving them, right? Kind of like what we do today. We hold on to the promises that God gives to us. Those things like, like he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. Jesus is coming back for us one day, right? He's there for us. They were holding on to that promise, that promise that, that God was going to send a Savior into this world. They did not know what that looked like. They did not know really what that even meant, but they knew that God was going to save them. And when we jump into the New Testament, we get to see people that, that then get to like have these like little like moments of like aha moments of this is, this is the Savior that God told us about in the old, like he told us about all that in, in, the, in the law and, and through the, the prophets of the Old Testament. And now we're actually getting to see it kind of come to, to us right in the center of our faces, right? Like we're getting to see the Savior of the world. This is just one instance here in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. This is, what, um, this is the way that, that Luke writes this. He says, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. This is a believer, right? He, he, he trusted God. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death 
before he saw, saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Can you catch this picture, right? Simeon has been waiting. The Jews were all waiting for the coming Messiah. Simeon was told by the Holy Spirit, I don't know how this works, right? But, but I, I believe it to be true. He was told by the Holy Spirit, you are not going to pass from this earth until you actually get to see Jesus. You are going to get to see the Messiah in person. How awesome is this, right? And, and, and then Simeon just so happened, no, not just so happened. He was led by the Spirit to go to the temple. And then Mary and Joseph are led by the Spirit to take Jesus into the temple and now we have this picture of Simeon now holding baby Jesus, right? Holding baby Jesus. And he says this, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. How awesome. Simeon is overcome by this joy and hope that he realizes that this is the one. This is the Messiah. This is the one that he was waiting for. This is the one that the world had been waiting for, the one that the Jews had been waiting for. And now he has this babe in his arms, and he recites this amazing prayer, basically saying, Father, like, you can take me now. Like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to go home. Like, that's what he's really saying, right? He's like, I'm ready to go home. I've seen him. He is going to change the world that he is in right now, and I'm ready to leave this world. Can you imagine what he had been feeling right there in that moment? The first time I ever held my first child, Emily, she's 15 now, um, I, I held her in my arms, and, and I can remember feeling that joy and that love that I had never felt before. Right? This is different as a, as a dad, as a mom. Right? You're holding your own child in, in your hands, the child that God gave to you. Absolutely amazing. And, and, and yet, I think that I can only just a little bit experience what Simeon actually felt right here. Because he was holding the Savior of the world in his arms. And the amazing thing is, is that he knew it. He knew this was the Savior. This was the Son of God. This was the Messiah. There was, there was a babe. A helpless baby. And he knew this baby was going to change the world. See, even if, if his world was filled with, with, with all kinds of wonder and discouragement because he had not yet experienced the hope that God had promised to them, here in that moment in his day, he was able to experience hope. See, I have to, I have to ask them, like, in the midst of whatever you're going through right now, whatever is going on in your world, whatever is happening at work or at school or at home, 
or in your neighbor, whatever it is that is going on right now, where do you find your hope? Where is your hope? What is it in right now? See, how you answer this question makes all the difference in the world. Is your hope based on something that God is going to do for you, or is it based on God himself? Where is your hope? I absolutely love this time of year, um, like I'm sure that many of you do too as, as well. Um, but it is oftentimes, uh, oftentimes the most difficult time of year as well. The holiday season, it just brings on all kinds of emotions, all kinds of things, all kinds of stuff. Um, it, 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 adds, it adds problems to our problems oftentimes, right? Um, it, it makes us aware of things. It makes us aware of problems that we can't solve. It makes us aware of, of people that we can't control. It makes us aware of the expectations that we can't meet, right? There's all these different things that the holiday season usually brings, right? Um, there's, there's often like decades, uh, like like decades of issues that are all compiled into your life that you are not going to be able to fix over a mill, right? Um, although we would like to, uh, it just often doesn't happen that way. There are people in your life that, that you would love nothing more to, to come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And and oftentimes, there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it. There are expectations that you will try so hard to meet by somebody else in your family, but you will never be able to, to meet those. So today... Let it be the day that, that we start reminding ourselves that those things, although it would be great to see restoration in our family, it'd be great to see uh, our friends and our family come to know Jesus, it would be great to be able to meet those expectations, those things are not where our hope is found. Every day we have the opportunity, we have a choice that we wake up and we have to decide whether or not we will put our hope in Jesus alone, right? Our full hope, right? Not holding on to a little piece of hope over here saying, I'm going to go ahead and hope on like, like I get that raise. No, it's hoping and fully hoping in Jesus because he is truly the only one that can give us that lasting hope, right? He's the only one that can truly give us that lasting peace, joy, love, and, and the choice that we have to do this is our choice every single day. So, so I have a question. Will you be willing to lean in and place your hope in Jesus alone? See, First Peter says this. This is where we started. This is where I'll end. Um, because I have to ask myself the question, like, how do we actually do this? How, how do I actually lean in to Jesus and really make sure that all my hope is in him, Right? <laughs> Because it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to allow other things to kind of cloud our minds, to cloud our judgments even here on earth, even like good intentions. Like it's so easy to allow all these different things, the fast-pacedness of, of Thanksgiving, the fast-pacedness of Christmas, fast-pacedness of even New Year, like all this, this crazy stuff that happens that we're going to experience over the next month. Like how do I continue to put my hope in Jesus alone? This is what First Peter says, okay? Peter, he writes this and he says this. 
uh, before he gets to fix your hope completely on Jesus, right, he says two things. He says, uh, with your minds ready for action, okay, that's the first thing that he says, with your minds ready for action, or in other words, prepare your minds. This is the same wording. You've heard, you've heard the phrase, uh, gird up your loins. That's a nice little like, like, old, like old English, gird up your loins. Um, it it's, has the meaning of like, like roll your sleeves up, like get ready for action, right? It actually had, had, had a bigger picture in, the, in, the, in biblical times where, uh, where men usually also wore long shirts. Uh, we'll call them that. So there were dresses, okay? Really is what they, that's what we would call them, but they, didn't, they weren't. That was just what they wore, right? Okay, don't, don't hate me, okay? Um, so they wore these long shirts and, and it was hard to move around, right? Because they didn't have pants like, like we, thank, thank the Lord for pants, right? Um, so what they would do is they would like hike up their, their skirt, their dresses, and their, their long shirts, their wear, whatever they were wearing, right? Whatever you want to call them, okay? They would hike them up and then they would like throw them in between their legs and they would bring it around. So it was above their knees. They'd bring it around and they would tie it. It was girding up their loins. What they were doing is they were preparing for action. They were preparing for battle. They were preparing to work. They were preparing to do something so they could actually move around and actually move their legs like this and not get tripped up, right? You guys following me? So what Peter says here is that same idea, but he says to do it with our minds. He says, with your minds ready for action. He's saying, get ready. Be ready. Be prepared with your mind. And then he continues on and he says, be sober-minded. So both these things, right? He says, be, be ready, like keep your minds ready for action and be sober-minded. Like do not allow anything to cloud your judgment. Do not allow anything to, to captivate your mind. See, what Peter says, how we can place our hope in Jesus, our full hope, our complete hope, is it starts with our minds. It starts with what we allow to come into our minds. It starts with, with what we are actually thinking about. Now, now, now go with me for a minute, okay? Because this is so cool. If, if I am thinking about um, trash pickup day, right? I'm thinking about that. Then what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to allow my actions then to prepare for trash pickup day. You guys, you guys with me? So, so let me back up. If I am now thinking about Jesus and him coming back for me one day, then my life right now is going to be set in this, this pace that I am going after Jesus and I'm doing everything that I can to follow him. I'm doing everything that I can to lean into him and to who he is. Right, And so when I do that, what I'm doing is I'm leaning into Jesus and I'm putting my hope in him because really when I put my hope in Jesus, what I'm doing is I'm saying, Jesus, I trust you. Right? Like, like I trust you, Jesus. Like, I trust you. I believe you. Everything that you said in this word right here, I'm trusting you to come through. I think about those things. And I allow my mind to be saturated with, those, with, with these kinds of things. Right? And when I, can, when I do that, when I allow my mind to be saturated with, with Jesus and everything that he is trying to tell me in the Word of God and everything that he wants to do with me, 
then what I'm able to do is I'm able to trust Him, which then leads me to me putting my hope in Him, knowing that one day Jesus is going to come back for me. Right? That's exciting, y'all. Jesus is coming back. In this Advent season that we get to celebrate, that we get to, to, to worship in, we, we look at the promises that God has given to us in the Word of God. And the first one that we look at is when I trust and I hope in Jesus, then I actually have that hope right now in my life. Even when everything else seems to be fighting against me. I have hope that one day Jesus is coming. One day we get to experience that. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are